Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. We're live, but we got to let it breathe. The stream needs its air. It's got to breathe. Give us just a moment or two to get our entire MHH clan under the same roof here, we got to connect Facebook, and we're good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime, my fellow football priest. He is the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com. He is Zach Kalberman. Zach, I know you've been a hoping and a praying that this was going to happen, and you finally, the football gods opened up the windows of football heaven and poured you out a blessing. Elijah Wilkinson in the win. He's gone. He signed with the Chicago Bears today, so you no longer have to worry about Eli, right tackle, Juwan James, if something happens. It's not going to be Eli at least this time. I mean, how about that swap, though, between Denver and Chicago? Thanks for the all-pro cornerback. Here's the NFL's worst right tackle. But, you know, what? I was kind of scared that the Broncos were going to bring Wilkinson back because we all thought he had pictures of John Elway. He had pictures of someone in the Broncos' front office, and maybe Munchak liked him, but – Thank the football lords that he's gone. And I don't know what Chicago is looking at. I don't know what Chicago's thinking. Apparently they want they want to play him as a guard and he's better there. But I'm mm-hmm. just happy to, for him to be off the Broncos payroll and anyone else, literally anyone else, whether it's Juwan James, Calvin Anderson, you, me, John, anyone, I'm so happy the next swing tackle is not named Elijah Wilkinson. What an unmitigated disaster. Yeah. So to uh, John Houston, uh, his super chat here, uh, real quick, I want to grab it. Um, I had it up. Where'd he go? There he is. He said, thanks, John, by the way. He says, do you project James as the starting right tackle? He's so soft. Unfortunately, that's all we can can do right now, John, is project Juwan James as the starting right tackle because that's Denver's plan A. If they have to revert to a plan B, Zach, and they had to play a game, let's say, tomorrow with plan B, it's going to be Calvin Anderson, in all likelihood, starting at right tackle, but... I think it's a pretty safe bet that uh, the Denver Broncos are going to add an offensive tackle at some point in this draft. It's just a question of when. Is it going to be in one of the three premium rounds? Is it going to be later on? Time will tell. I think this is the year they finally invest a premium, meaning rounds one through three pick in an offensive tackle because they saw last year Garrett Bowles blossomed. He became what should have been a pro bowler, the best left tackle in the NFL. A lot of question marks, though, at right tackle, Chad. Juwan James can – it looks like he's playing this year, but he's always – 
tenuous. We never know his status for sure. And I don't want Drew Locke to run for his life or whatever quarterback the Broncos field this year. I don't want that guy to run for his life, similar to last year when they had Wilkinson and DeMar Dotson and then Wilkinson back at right tackle. So whether that's Anderson or whether that's a rookie, I'm, again, just glad Wilkinson is off this team. Just like Donald Stevenson, just like Menelik Watson, Chad, continuing a long line of disastrous Broncos right tackles. Shout out to everybody joining us on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch, Twitter. We love and appreciate each and every one of you, and especially guys like this, like like Dave Glassman, who usually enjoys the podcast on the Facebook side, but just to help out. He's, he hops on over to YouTube, makes sure to give the stream a like, then he hops back to his preferred spot. So we see you, Dave. We appreciate you. Guys, we got a lot to get to tonight. We are thrilled to finally meet in the flesh, or in, as close as we can get in the flesh, one of our great MHH superstars, Ed Keening. He's going to be on the show here in just a few minutes. We also, Zach, have to talk about the rumor. Uh, Woody Page, you know, when he stirs the pot, you got to pay attention. He's not always right. Nobody is 100% right in this business if you're in the prognostication game whatsoever, media-wise. But more often than not, when it comes to your Denver Broncos, if Woody Page speculates, you you should start paying attention because the, the smoke signals – usually tend to follow Vic Fangio, Alden Smith. There could be a reunited, uh, you know, tandem there. We'll talk more about that here in just a minute. All right. A couple quick matters of business, and then we'll get, uh, we'll get Ed here on the show with us guys. Just a reminder, make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter, connect with us over there at huddle up pod and the main account at mile high huddle. My partner can be found on Twitter at Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad N. Jensen, and our great producer. You all know him as Buana Beast. He's a teddy bear, but he will rip your face off. However, if you're following him on Twitter, you don't have to worry about that at John K. MHH. Also, tonight, we're going to be announcing this week's randomly selected winner of the merch giveaway for the Huddle Up Podcast Facebook page. If you have yet to both like and follow that page, Head on over and get that done. You can do it while you're listening, while you're watching the show right now. Because as of a very soon, I'm not going to reveal the date exactly, but very, very soon, we're no longer going to stream to the MHH supporters group. All right, We're going to stream only to MHH Facebook and the Huddle Up Pod, uh, Podcast Facebook. So you're going to want to make sure you're liking and following both of those pages. Trust on that. Plus, it automatically enters you into the, the drawing for the swag. Might be a hat, might be a T-shirt, might be a mug. So just open up Facebook, search Huddle Up Podcast, boom, like and follow, and then you are entered into win. Speaking of Facebook, the Mile High Huddle page, become a supporter. Click the big blue button, and you're going to get access to all of our premium video content. We have kicked it off in 2021 with Kelberman's Corner, which just finished off episode 11 on Sunday. It was a barn burner. And the thing with these, these premium shows that we're rolling out for our paying subscribers is they're a little bit different flavor than what you get on these hour plus long live streams. Kelberman's Corner, it's Zach, it's Kimberly Becker, and it's hot takes that hold water. Plus, we just rolled out a couple of weeks ago the trickle zone on Saturdays at noon. So if you are a subscriber and it's only five bucks on Facebook, you get access to the trickle zone Saturday at noon and Kelberman's Corner Sunday at noon. So click the big blue button on Facebook. You're in like Flynn. And then also, guys, check out the merch store when you get a chance, huddleuppod.com. Get your swag on, get a hat, get a tee. You don't have to wait to see if you've been selected randomly for a free T-shirt from a Facebook giveaway or an Apple podcast giveaway. You can go get your favorite T-shirt, hat, whatever, and support the brand, support MHH. We appreciate you. 
And uh, if you're not in a position, by the way, thank you, James. Hit those thumbs up. Or Chase, thank you, my dog. Uh, If you're not in a position to do those things, it's all good. We're just seriously happy to have each and every one of you with us. We just ask that you, number one, subscribe. Number two, like this video. Helps out more than you guys know. It's a small thing you can do to help us in a big, big way. Like the video, especially on YouTube or Facebook. And number three is the litmus test. If we are doing a good job for you, or at the very least, you respect the effort, share this video out there and help us continue to grow and reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, without further ado, let's bring on one of the MHH Mount Rushmore superstars. Been with us a long, long time. All right, this is a guy that has more than paid his dues at MHH. Ed Keating in the house. Ed, thank you so much for spending some time, making some time, I should say, for us tonight. How are you, my friend? I'm doing wonderful, man. Just uh, sitting here enjoying life. You know, uh, can't, I'm happy to be on the show tonight with you guys. We've been looking forward to it, my friend. And as you've probably come to expect, the way we like to open up these segments with our great supporters and superstars is by finding out. Now, I'm not going to reveal where you are geographically. You can, by, by all means, but I'll just tell everybody he's not in Denver. He's not in Colorado. How did you become, as someone who does exemplify our little catchphrase hashtag state of being, how did you become such? I mean, you're not only a dedicated fan, you're passionate, you're knowledgeable. How did that happen? being that you're not in the fine city of Denver? Well, it all started with Super Bowl 32. Um, I was 10 years old when the Broncos, you know, beat the Packers. And uh, I remember that day very vividly because it was me and my father. He was, you know, he had bets and everything, you know, against the Broncos. He was voting for Green or yeah, Green Bay. And I was just like, I like the colors of the Broncos. I like the horses on the helmet. So 
I voted for them, and then whenever they won and went again the next year to you know Super Bowl thirty three and beat the Falcons, I just I fell in love with them. And uh, most of that was credited to John Elway. He was like the first Bronco. I was like, I love him to death, and I got his jersey as a kid. So. Ed, as you know, you know, you've watched the show long enough. You know where I'm going with this question. You've been a Broncos fan for many years. Tell our audience your favorite memory and conversely your worst memory uh, in Broncos lore. Uh, my favorite memory, like I said, was probably that, that first Super Bowl with my father. You know, it was just me and him watching it together. And then whenever, you know, the Broncos won, he was all upset. And I'm just sitting there laughing at him. So that was probably the greatest memory in Broncos history for me. As for the worst it really wasn't like bad, but just the retirement of Peyton Manning, just seeing someone like that, you know, his caliber finally retire as a Bronco with a, you know, championship ring behind him. You know, I mean, it was a good moment, but it was also a sad moment knowing that we'd never see him in a uniform again. Right. I feel you there. We got a lot of questions, by the way. Wow. Thank you, Michaela, for that very, very generous super chat. Thank you. My friend. Wow. Uh, She says, what's up, Ed? And Michaela, you know, that means the world to us. And, Anytime you want to come on the show, we'll we'll set it up and get you on the show. I know it might not be your thing, might not be something you're interested in, but we'd love to to be able to meet you. So thank you, Michaela. But Ed, everyone's dying to know: is that a Drew Locke right. you're rocking right now? Yes, it is. Let him hate, baby. Love it. Love Let it, Ed. Indeed. Well, I, I've been a Drew Locke supporter since we drafted him. Well, this okay. kind of ties into where we're going with our next question then. Where do you, I guess now that answers our question, do you want the Broncos to stick with Locke? Do you want the Broncos to explore a quarterback in the draft? What kind of veteran backup would you bring in, at if you were the GM of the Broncos? How would you address quarterback this offseason? Uh, yeah, well, first off, I would stick with Drew Locke through 2021. I mean, like you guys always say, it's a lame duck year for Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer, and I don't see why you would go with another quarterback if it's a strong possibility those two ain't going to be here next year. As for uh, where would I go behind Drew Locke, well, pretty much there's not much left on the you know free agency market besides like maybe Alex Smith. Uh, if we can't get him, I'd rather than take a quarterback in the later rounds or just roll with Rippin, honestly. But I just I, I've been pondering this question for a while now why people would want to you know draft like a Trey Lance or. What, or trade up and get like a Zach Wilson this year. I'm like, you know, if, if like I said, Fangio and Shermer don't pan out and they're gone next year, why would you want to have a quarterback come into a system and he's going to have to relearn a whole new one next exactly. year? Exactly, exactly. You know, and I think Locke is going to ball this year, honestly. And that's that's just the way I feel about it. I mean, you know, all the injuries last year, you know, a new system for him, no offseason. I think this year with an offseason and, you know, continuity finally for the you know first time in his you know football career in years I think he's gonna ball and I think he's gonna go like probably over 3,000 yards probably about 27 28 TDs and probably about 10 picks that would be a big year I mean I take it fans that uh fans that kind of got a little bit spoiled and had their expectations set so high during the Peyton Manning years you got to tamp him down a little bit because 26 27 28 touchdowns anything even in that realm in today's game, I mean, even look at the guys that made the Pro Bowl last year, the quarterbacks, man, that's that's a Pro Bowl. So, uh, Ed, we got to ask you, though, one or two more for you, and then we'll, we'll cut you loose tonight, my friend. Uh, what do you want to see your team do with the number nine overall pick in the draft? Uh, personally, if it was me at GM, um, I'm, I know Parsons has got all those issues right now, but I, I'd strongly look at him because I think 
the next glaring hole in the Broncos roster outside of, you know, offensive tackle, because I don't trust James, would be inside linebacker. We need someone to cover Kelsey. We need someone to cover, you know, any tight end, like Waller or anybody. So that's where I'm going. If Parsons is not there at pick nine, I would most likely just trade back and stockpile more picks and then maybe pick up a linebacker, you know, later in the draft somewhere. That kind of ties in, Zach, to this super chat question from Fat Cats, and I'll get everyone's opinion on this real quick. By the way, Fat Cats, you to man, really appreciate you, my friend. Here in the near future, we're going to have to set up a time to get you on the show because you've just been an absolute stud, so thank you. But he says, hypothetically, say we keep the number nine pick, Micah Parsons, Jeremiah Owosu-Koromora are there. Who do you bring in, and why is he a better fit, in your opinion? Keep up the good pods, priests and beasts. Appreciate that, my friend. So for me, I'm still taking Parsons over uh, JOK, but I know Eric Trickle, you know, he kind of uh, raised some eyebrows a week or almost two weeks ago when he revealed JOK to be his number one linebacker, top-rated linebacker in this class. Now, that doesn't necessarily make him the perfect fit for the Denver Broncos or even, in my opinion, worthy of the top ten pick, but I'll start with you, Zach, and then let's get your thoughts, Ed, and then we'll uh, say goodnight uh, for now, Ed. But, Zach, what's your answer here? Four fat cats, which of those two, or who do you like linebacker-wise? Well, to me, Parsons is a top 10 pick, and JOK is on a top 10 pick. I'm okay trading down for JOK, but he's more of a safety hybrid tweener, whereas Parsons is more of a traditional linebacker. And I'm not worried about his red flags so much. It's not great, but it's not worth passing up on an athletic three-down backer like him. And you can coach him to coverage better. I know he's not going to be right out of the gates perfect and all pro in that department, but Vic Fangio and Reggie Herring-Chad are two of the best defensive minds in the NFL, and I have no doubt they get their hands on him. Playing in between, again, playing in between Chubb and Vaughn, playing you know in back of that defensive line in front of that secondary, I just think in this system, in this environment, Micah Parsons would thrive, and I wouldn't mind taking him at number nine. Ed, your thoughts, and um, who, who's the linebacker you like, and you answer for Fat Cats. Uh, I kind of share a brain with uh, Zach on this. I like Parsons. I like his skill set. I think he, between Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb, he would be a dominant middle linebacker, and I think he'll give KC's, you know, Travis Kelsey a lot of trouble if we draft him, and I trust Vic to, you know, w- you know, work with him and make him a better linebacker and, you know, show him the ropes. So I'm going Parsons. Go ahead, Zach. I just have one more question for you, Ed. What has been so far? I mean, George Payton indisputably has had a great, you know, last couple of weeks. What has been your favorite move that he's done during the signing period? And again, conversely, what's the one move that you haven't been so wild about? Uh, the one move I haven't been wild about was the whole Philip Lindsay thing. Like, I just I don't like the fact that Melvin Gordon might still get suspended for that DUI last year, and I just. You know, for me personally, like um, that whole uh, Chargers game, the first one, if it wasn't for Philip Lindsay, I don't think we'd come back and win that game without him. And that just, that really upset me to see him go. As far as my favorite move, I honestly have to say a lot of people would say, you know, Kyle Fuller, him signing him. Mine was uh, Shelby Harris finally getting paid. Mm. That boy deserves every penny he gets because, you know, at least one game I can think of, the Raiders game in 2019, week 17, if it wasn't for him, we would have lost that game. True. Well, guys, make sure you connect with Ed on Twitter. He's active on Twitter. He's also very active in the MHH Superfans Facebook group. Uh, Connect with him there at Edward Keating 15 on Twitter. 
And then, of course, as long as you are a member of the – it's free, right, to our MHH Superfans group on Facebook. You can interact, connect with Ed over there. Ed, thank you so much for uh, not only coming on the show, but as we mentioned before we went live, for everything you've done for us over the last couple of years and all your contributions to MHH Canon. I hope you know how much we appreciate you and how much you mean to us, my friend. So thanks for making some time for us and for everything else. Well, thanks, guys, for having me on the show, and I'll – be more than happy to come on anytime and for everybody that watches my clips on facebook thanks guys and i'll keep making them if you keep watching hey just one just one suggestion ed on the clips keep that profanity down just a little then you're never going to get censored by by the mods right you know what i'm saying i got you all right my dog (laughs) good to see you have a good night give our best to your family okay all right thanks guys take it easy thanks there he goes let him hate baby let him hate my dog love the lock that was uh, that was overdue, you know. Ed, uh, we we probably should have had Ed on the show a long, long time ago. But a great guy, great supporter, and uh, very, very outgoing, passionate. I mean, this is a guy that you know he's putting his dent in the universe when it comes to the Denver Broncos. Like he doesn't just wait around for an invitation from the Huddle Up podcast to get his thoughts out there. You know, he's recording himself, uh, you know, doing his videos and puts them on Facebook for everyone to creates conversation. It's pretty fun to see. So he's he's a real neat guy. I respect anyone who creates content, Chad. It's not easy to do. You have to find your own niche, and Ed found his. And, uh, damn, I share a brain with him almost 100% of the way. He was a great interview tonight. had a lot of fun talking to him. All right, let's get to the main crux of tonight's podcast, the rumor uh, that was – I mean, I don't know if I should even call it a rumor because it's really – it's not – it doesn't take a rocket scientist to put these uh, two – factors together. I'm trying to get this video to play so I can hurry and uh, there it is. All right. Um, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to deduce that the recent re- uh, recently released Alden Smith could end up being a pretty no brainer, uh, you know, connection for the Denver Broncos. Now, for those of you who missed it, Alden Smith was informed by the Cowboys. They're going to be letting him go here in the very near future. And this is a guy that was drafted only five picks after Vaughn in 2011 he went on, believe it or not, his first two years, um, he, I mean, he outpaced Von Miller in the sack department. Hit him and uh, Justin Smith, right, in that former Niners defense that Vic Fangio coordinated under Jim Harbaugh that was just fierce, man. Got him all the way to a Super Bowl, got him to another uh, NFC title game as well. Alden Smith, his career was going like this, Zach. And then he made some pretty dumb off-the-field decisions, and it did one of these. He was out of the league for four years. And then the Cowboys, who you cover for Heavy.com, signed him last year. So what are your thoughts on the possibility of Alden Smith coming to Denver? And uh, what what can you tell fans about him who may – maybe they weren't paying too close of attention to the Dallas Cowboys last year. What has he got left in the tank? Here's what I'll say. I mean, it's a great comeback story for what it is. No, he did not have, you know, 15 stacks last year. He wasn't a pro bowler, but he was productive in his limited duty as a designated pass rusher. He wasn't a starting linebacker. He wasn't a starting defensive end. So he had, I think, five sacks. He had a a bunch of quarterback pressures. He had some passes deflected. He was productive, but he kind of tailed off toward the end of the season, at least from what I saw. And that that comes with the territory of a player who spent half a decade away from football, who was sleeping under cars at one point, Chad. But I don't know how much uh, this is commonplace. I know in Denver media, it's not out there yet, but in Dallas media, there's speculation that Alden Smith, unfortunately, is grappling with another off-the-field issue. And that's why the Cowboys 
who previously indicated multiple times they wanted him to come back, they decided to cut him loose. And he would have fit their scheme perfectly. You cannot have too many pass rushers. And he was productive last year. But that's the scuttlebutt about Alden Smith. And if that's the case, obviously, I don't want Denver to go anywhere near him, Chad. Remind me what the off-field stuff was, Zach, that got him in such hot water with the league. Substance abuse, uh, alcoholism, you know, those kind of those kind of things. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Ram Power Days is going on now with our most powerful lineup of trucks ever. Hurry in and don't just feel the power, own it. And right now, get 0% APR financing plus $3,000 total bonus cash allowance on 2022 Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cab models equipped with a gas-powered V6 engine. Don't miss this great offer. Visit Ram.com to find your local Ram dealer today. Financing to all qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital. Not all buyers will qualify. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery by 1031-22. That's, you're playing with fire. And if that's true, what the buzz you're hearing in uh, in and around Dallas, that he might have some further uh, discipline perhaps coming from the league, then the Broncos definitely are going to avoid that. So they'll do their due diligence. And I'm sure if, if uh, it's already matriculated to media, Denver Broncos, I'm sure know what's going on with that. But all things being equal, Zach, if that weren't an issue or turns out to be unfounded or not an issue, I mean, the Broncos could do far worse than bringing in a guy like Alden Smith, not only because he can produce for you, even at this age, he's, he's entering his age 32 season. He can produce to for you, depending on reps, depending on snaps, in a non-Vic Fangio scheme, half a dozen sacks. You know, that's probably like the, I don't know, the floor for him on a regular 16-game season. But teaming him back up with Vic and getting him back under the wing of, of him, um, Ed Donatel, who's secondary, but still he's the defensive coordinator now, it could have a very galvanizing, you know, type of maybe resurrect the career, so to speak, of Alden Smith, who, you know, as you can see here, guys, he had a solid year in uh, in Dallas last year, started 16 games, five sacks. As Zach mentioned, he had uh, plenty – he had a few QB hits. Um, you can see his stats here, but Zach – I would love it so long as those rumors you're hearing, that buzz, turn out to be unfounded. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't cry about it, but as always, I'm prone to give the younger players on the roster more playing time, let them eat. Malik Reed had a breakout season last year. I understand the Broncos need depth, but if they want to have depth at outside linebacker, just sign Eric Wilson, who can play inside linebacker as well. No off-the-field concerns, productive, versatile. Alden Smith will never, ever be what he was in 2011 and 2012. And it's sad, Chad. He was on the verge of a, a perennial all-pro, if not Hall of Fame-level career. And I have no doubt that Vic Fangio can reach him because last year, Mike Nolan, the Cowboys' defense was a joke. It was comical. He would be productive here, but at what cost? You'd be always wondering if he's going to go off the radar. You'd be always wondering if he's going to, you know, pardon my pun here, fall off the wagon. I don't want to have that worry in this locker room. This is a crucial, paramount season for George Payton in year one, and I don't think taking on locker room risks like Alden Smith, despite the upside, is worth it. We'll see how it shakes out, but he actually had 33 and a half sacks through his first two seasons in the league. Meanwhile, Von Miller had a grand total of, let's see, 29-30. He had 30 total sacks through his first two seasons. So, a lot of people credit, Zach, those uh, very productive early years of Alden Smith. They credit that production to not only Fangio, the Fangio effect, but working in tandem with Justin Smith because Justin Smith was a five-tech defensive end. He put his his uh, you know his, his fingers in the dirt and rushed right in front of Alden. So so he had the inside gap. He had the let's say the uh, the B gap, and uh, Alden Smith had the C gap. <clears throat> and a lot of people say, well. You know, his production early on was due to Justin Smith demanding so much attention that it simply left Alden Smith with more one-on-one type of opportunities than, uh, you know, is normal. Be that as it may, there might be some truth to it. However, the one thing you can't say is that Alden Smith, despite having Justin right in front of him, he didn't have opposite him a compliment like Vaughn did early, Elvis Dumerville, Demarcus Ware. He had, uh, what was his name, Ahmad Brooks, solid guy. Ahmad Brooks was like a six to eight sack a year type guy. He wasn't a dominant, you know, changing the game type of pass rusher. So I don't, I never viewed Alden Smith's production early on Zach as some kind of a side effect or collateral effect of Justin Smith. I saw that mostly. I mean, it helped him obviously, but like, I don't, I don't see that as any kind of asterisk to put next to his, uh, his box stats. I'm right there with you. If you watch the tape from those seasons, especially 2012, he had 19 and a half sacks. I mean, that's a lot in one season. And he was just screaming off the edge. And he was converting speed to power. He was beating tackles one-on-one. It was mostly him. And he was, again, on an ascending track. And you saw some of those flashes last year in Dallas. You saw what made him an all-pro and pro bowler in 2012. But it, he's it's just so far removed. We're talking nine years ago now. And you're never going to recapture that lightning in a bottle. So it's it's a sad story. But that's how the NFL works, Chad. What have you done for me lately? And not much for Alden. Indeed. Muhammad, MHH, resident male model. Appreciate the super sticker, my friend. Always means a lot to us. You're a top dog, and uh, we we appreciate that every single day, dude. You are as consistent as the day is long. So thank you, my dog. Thank you, Muhammad. Trying to imitate that. I don't got, you know, red painted nails, but appreciate you. Uh, Steve Shepard on Facebook wants to know, what do we think about Melvin Ingram? I assume is the Ingram you're you're talking about. Uh, former Chargers Pro Bowl. I don't know if he ever earned all pro honors, but I know he made a Pro Bowl or two. Edge rusher that is hitting free agency. I think it would be interesting depending on how much he's looking for. One of Von Miller's best friends in the NFL, for what it's worth. A lot of people don't realize that, but he and Melvin Ingram are, are pretty tight homies. So, uh, I wouldn't. I would not hate it, but I wouldn't want to go break the break the bank for it because 
it's one of those same similar things uh, last year when we were discussing adding different edge rushers. Who are you taking off the field? Because Ingram's still relatively in his prime, a um, little bit younger than Vaughn. Who are you taking off? You sitting down Vaughn or you sitting down Bradley Chubb? But still, he would be, you know, if you could get Zach uh, Melvin Ingram for, you know, somewhere between three to five million, even on a one year deal, I would take it because those are you're going to get some you're going to get some production out of him. Yeah, I, I mean, again, for three million, four million bucks, I wouldn't hate it. But you have younger players on the roster, and they're probably going to draft an edge rusher, outside linebacker. I would just rather prefer Malik Reed to continue developing, continue thriving. He came off a breakout year last year, Chad, and the sky's the limit in the Fangio defense. So I'd rather them have Malik Reed and maybe pick up a, a cheap linebacker or maybe even a premium linebacker in next month's draft. If I'm not mistaken, Melvin Ingram took a visit somewhere. Was it KC? I was going to say I think it was the Chiefs. It so was. I don't know. It was a contender. I don't think he has signed yet, though. For what it's worth, it's not too late, George George Payton. Anyway, Todd Ostendorf. Is that how your name is pronounced, by the way, or is it Ostendorf? Let us know if it's O or A in the comments. But uh, appreciate the question. He says read an article recently stating that George Payton has done more for Fangio than John Elway ever did. Made some good points. Look, he's had a really good offseason. But one thing you got to keep in mind is John Elway hires Vic Fangio 2019. I'm trying to think back to so what did he give? What did he give Fangio? First of all, you had Chris Harris Jr. still on the roster, but he still went out and, and signed one of Fangio's familiars, Bryce Callahan, signed Kareem Jackson, right? If we're just talking about defense, gave him some weapons. And then in the draft, you know, he added uh, added a few guys for him. The next year, the the Broncos, like a lot of NFL teams, Zach, they were very much in a kind of holding pattern by the time free agency hit because things were shutting down. The pandemic was hitting. It, the future was very, very murky. And so a lot of teams, including the Broncos and especially the Broncos, kind of hung back and let uh, let the dominoes fall and kind of pick through the uh, the aftermath. This year, though, George Payton has definitely made up for whatever lost time Elway might have had last year because of the pandemic. I mean – Outside of picking one net here, and that's the Philip Lindsay decision, which I still consider to be very, very unnecessary. The dude has, it's been an absolute coup d'etat. I mean, he has crushed it. And Zach, being able to re sign uh, Kareem Jackson for half of what he was on the books for uh, before they released him or, you know, didn't pick up his option, I mean, it's, it's actually pretty dang impressive. You know, you can make the argument he got the same contract that Anthony Harris got from the Eagles, and I'd rather have Anthony Harris, but it was still a great value move and a very shrewd business move on Peyton's part to decline his option and bring him back at a reduced salary. He's had a bang-up offseason so far. Again, A-minus for me and borderline A-grade for George Peyton, but Elway literally delivered the Broncos a title as an executive. And until George Payton does that, I believe you can't really compare them. All that Elway did in a decade versus one half offseason for George Payton. And he was always going to be, I think, propped up a little more because he was replacing John Elway. He was the new guy in town. It was new blood. And he's on honeymoon this year. It's scholarship for Payton. He can really do no wrong. But based on the way they've gone so far, the players he's locked down, the players he signed, the the way in which he's operated, how quick and how shrewd and how just um, with the Broncos' best interest in mind, I, I would venture to say he's on a, a very high trajectory and he can be better than Elway, but to say already that he is, to me, is a little bit of a stretch. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. 
Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Levi, bona fide superstar. At this point, everyone has gotten a chance to also meet Levi. We had him on the show just a couple weeks ago. Appreciate you, dog. He says, hey, fellas, looking forward to the draft. Peyton putting in work. Yes, indeed. He's doing a very, very good job. I mean, Fangio's defense on paper, at least the starting lineup, is pretty legit. I mean, up front, let's just run through it real quick. Up front, Shelby Harris, Mike Purcell, Draymond Jones. On the edge, Vaughn frickin' Miller and pro bowler Bradley Chubb. Off-ball linebacker, you kind of raised some eyebrows a little bit with Alexander Johnson and Josie Jewell, both of whom, though, for whatever they might lack as coverage types, dependable, excellent run-fitting linebackers. They can shed blocks, sort through the must, get to where they need to go. Cornerback on the boundary, Ronald Darby on the other, Kyle Fuller inside, Bryce Callahan in the slot. Then you get back both safeties who know now Vic Fangio's defense like the back of their hand and Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson on paper, Zach. And we got to stress that. On paper, it's a it's a defense that I think almost everybody around the L, uh, NFL is looking at and saying top five is – I mean, top five ranking is the floor. Like a number right. five ranking this year for the Broncos if the football gods favor him with a little bit of health – you know, a little bit of luck in the health department. That's the floor. It's top five defense or bust. There's literally no more excuses for Vic Fangio, who who fancies himself as this defensive mastermind, as this defensive guru. He has the personnel now, no pandemic, hopefully no injuries. But you know what, Chad? It's easy. And as much as I love the Broncos signing so far under Peyton, it's easy to cut a check. I think what's going to determine Peyton, at least this year, is how he drafts next month. That's not so cut and dry. That's more of a crapshoot. I want to see his first pick because what was Elway's first pick? Hall of Fame linebacker Von Miller. And that's why it's unfair to to compare them at this stage right now, a rookie versus John Elway. So let's see what Peyton does in next month's draft. I have full confidence so far based on what I've seen. He's an NFL lifer. He's a longtime scout. I have no doubt 
he will improve the team. But let's see the way in which he drafts, Chad, before we jump to any conclusions. Dave from Georgia, it's great to see you, my friend. We're looking forward to having you on the show in the very, very near future. Appreciate you, man. He says, what's up, guys? I see Peyton using at least one pick on a cornerback in the draft. What round? And who is the most likely player? Your predictions. Um, honestly, Zach, if I had to predict it, I'm I'm going to predict they're not going to take a corner in round one. Be- because, I mean, I would have predicted corner, honestly, and I did predict corner yeah. before free agency. But when you landed Kyle Fuller, you landed – Ronald Darby, and you're getting back a healthy Bryce Callahan, knock on wood. Um, You know, it doesn't – I think you'd be – you still need the future. You still need to plan for worst-case scenarios and have contingencies and future options. But if you're looking at maximizing what could be a hot seat season for Vic Fangio, give him something that they're missing today. They can make an impact today. To me, it's an off-ball linebacker. Uh, or it's an edge or a corner. But when it comes back to corner, Zach, to me, it's a, uh, I mean, I really like JC Horn. I'm, I'm afraid of Farley now, Caleb Farley, because he's having that back surgery. Patrick Sertan, I wouldn't hate, but I'm guessing the Broncos end up taking a corner in round two. Who that would end up being that, that far down, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I can see the Broncos moving down in round one and taking someone like JOK or taking someone like Collins and then moving back up into the first round for someone like uh, uh, Newsom, for someone like, uh, you know, maybe even if Farley falls to the end of round one. I can see the Broncos double dipping, but under no circumstance do I think they get out of the third round without taking a cornerback. Like we've mentioned before. Just because they signed Fuller, because they signed Darby, you mentioned Callahan's injury history. He's in a walk here. Fuller's in a walk here. Darby's an injury risk. The Broncos have other cornerbacks that are injury risks. This position is not yet settled yet. So don't, don't think that a first-round cornerback is off the table. It might not be Farley, but Peyton loves to trade down. He loves to stockpile picks. It could be they move down to 14, 15, 16, grab someone like J.C. Horn, and use that extra capital to keep building the defense with a linebacker. Might be the way to go. Uh, Eric Stokes, the kid from Georgia, is another option that could uh, be had in the second round, perhaps maybe late first, early second. Wouldn't surprise me, Zach, to see him go out and draft the very uh, – if he was three inches taller, Elijah Molden, right, the, the Washington yeah. corner that projects as – and I'll use Eric Trickle's verbiage – as an elite slot because you don't have Bryce Callahan locked down after this year. Wouldn't surprise me to get a Molden. And then you have an insurance policy this year for an oft-injured player in Callahan. Someone like that, Zach. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. They have to address the secondary. Again, just because they brought in the cornerback, just because they brought in Kareem Jackson, does not mean the secondary settled. It's actually the opposite. They have to keep addressing those two positions uh, with priority. All right, we got one here from Jake King. By the way, Jake, are you on Twitter? Because we have searched for you the last few nights when uh, you have super chatted and have been unable to to find you. So if you're on Twitter, connect with Zach and myself, and then do do one of these in our mentions, and we'll follow back. We'll connect you uh, with you. And then, of course, we want to be able to shout you out. So appreciate you. He says, if we don't draft a running back or add one in free agency, how do you think Royce Freeman will be used as the number two? I'm not – I don't think he's going to be the number two. I really don't. I hope not. I, I think it's going to be Mike Boone. But you know what? I don't I don't want to clown too much on on Royce Freeman because <clears throat> I think he's a guy who has really been uh his his potential has not fully been tapped. 
by the Broncos. And a lot of that is due to circumstances. Like, you know, he gets hurt in week seven of, as, of, of his rookie year. By this point, he was the man. Like, he had established himself as the starter in Denver. He was kind of grandfathered the job early on. But still, he had to leapfrog Devontae Booker and stave off Philip Lindsay. That injury allowed Philip Lindsay to, you know, kind of uh, get his foot in the door. And then just those next three games, man, Philip Lindsay was just 100 yards and a touchdown, put it, you know, put it in the bank. You could count on it. Fast forward to the next year. That's when I really got disappointed in Royce because, yeah, Lindsay was a, you know, coming off a Pro Bowl year, 1,000 yard rusher. He was going to be like the focal point running back, Zach. But I still expected to see more from Royce Freeman in 2019 or uh, uh, 2019. Yeah. And we didn't. He's a, he can be a pass catcher. He can do things for you. I want to see them put a little bit more effort into trying to pull that out of him before he hits the bricks at the end of this year. He doesn't do, at least to me, though, anything overly well. He's just like a plotter, and he had a lot of mileage coming out of Oregon, Chad. I'll take it a step further, though. He won't be the number two running back, and it might be a little hot takey, but I don't think he'll be on the roster come week one. I think they maybe draft a running back in the second round, and they would have Melvin Gordon, the rookie, and Mike Boone. How many running backs do you really need? And again, Royce Freeman... You don't really need him on the roster. He's kind of just there. And what's the popular sentiment, Chad, among the people who are happy Lindsay defected? Mike Boone wasn't signed to replace Lindsay. He was signed to replace Royce Freeman. So which one really is it? Which running back are they replacing? To me, Freeman's a jack. He had some value coming out of Oregon, but he's really shown me nothing. He's a poor man, CJ Anderson. And in this day and age in the NFL, that doesn't really do much for me. Velveta, a newer name on Super Chat. So welcome. Thank you. Connect on Twitter. Appreciate you. I have fallen from the Watson train. My hope right now is we get Justin Fields. I think he's going to bring a wow factor that Broncos country could use. He's a really intriguing player. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to try and um, rain on Justin Fields' parade. He's a He could end up becoming a super stud in the NFL. But, you know, I just think you've gone this far with Drew, Zach, and you need to see it through. It's Again, I for those of you who maybe missed one of the last couple shows – Something that that former NFL head coach, former UCLA head coach, current uh, ESPN and Sports Illustrated analyst Jim Mora Jr. said was that look the Broncos kind of they don't they're in a tough spot you know you don't envy them for this decision but they're kind of at a spot where Drew hasn't shown them so little that they can say for sure this ain't our guy we're moving on and the flashes he's shown has been enough for them to say we need to see more we want to see more we think he can get there. They're in a kind of uh, in-between, right? They're they're kind of stuck in a purgatory, if you will, to where you could really make, make a categorical, you know, calamitous mistake if you move on from Drew now because he could be on the precipice after all the TLC, the investment, the development, everything you put into this kid, getting his coordinator back for the second straight year for the first time in a long time for him, he could be on the precipice of actually realizing his potential and you would be giving up on that to go for an albeit talented Justin Fields, don't get me wrong, but equally, if not more so, let's say, unproven when it comes to the league. Yeah, I agree. Everything what you just said about Locke, and obviously that we share a brain on him, but if I'm going to gamble on a quarterback in this year's class that's not named Zach Wilson, I'm taking Trey Lance. To me, I, again, it could be a hot take. I think Trey Lance has a higher NFL ceiling than Justin Fields. Fields had the luxury of playing on a really, really, really good team. 
Uh, Lance didn't have that luxury, and it kind of works both ways. He didn't face the same competition, but if if I'm a GM and if I'm hitching my wagon to a quarterback star, and I saw Dylan said in the chat, which I agree with, when you're drafting a first-round quarterback, it's not what he can do now. It's what he can do two years, five years, ten years down the road. And I think ten years down the road, there's a really good chance to me that Lance will be the better quarterback over Fields. The one thing I don't like about Fields is he wilted in the big game. You know, you, you saw that huge performance from him in the first playoff college football playoff game. And then he, he wilted when the chips were down. And I know it was an elite opponent and we're talking about the Crimson Tide and Nick Saban and all that stuff. But I didn't like seeing that. Jonathan, thank you for the super chat, my friend. If you are on Twitter, I know this is what I think the second night in a row for Huddle Up that you've uh, been in on super chat. So connect with us on Twitter. We want to be able to uh, keep tabs on you, shout you out. He says, I've been a fan for a while. Appreciate you guys. Thanks, buddy. I like the idea of trading back, but how far? What draft capital can we realistically expect? And should we get additional picks for this year or next? Thanks. Um, Realistically, like somewhere in the middle 20s. That's about as far back as you probably want to go, depending on who's on the board and how your board is falling and shifting. But, uh, But yeah, if you were to trade back, Zach, from like a pick nine where the Broncos are, and trade back to the mid-20s, I mean, probably minimum would be a third-round pick, maybe even a little bit more that you would pick up. If a team came up from the mid-20s to number nine, you're getting a second-rounder. I mean, at the very minimum, maybe even two second-rounders. But I don't see Peyton falling that far back because then you're – you're trading back and risking not getting a blue chip player. If he moves back, I think it'll be like what they did a couple years ago. They went from 10 to 20 to take Noah Fant. I don't even think that far. Somewhere in 15, 16 range, a few spots, which allows Peyton to pick up an extra draft pick and still get someone like a JOK, someone like a JC Horn, or someone like a Zayvon Collins, and continue to build this defense through his preference, which is the draft. Ed Keating, man, leads the broadcast, hops in the chat. Shows us some love. Thanks, Ed. He says, go Broncos. This, my friend, is why you are a bona fide superstar. So thank you. You know we love you. We we appreciate you. Uh, Real quick, here's one from Savage Boy Kev. Good to see you on Twitch. He said, this year is a make or break year for Drew Locke with how the team looks now. Can we finally say today that we are a uh, quarterback. quarterback away probably from the postseason? I think the Broncos, in all honesty, Zach, have been a, a quarterback away from the postseason for most of the last five years, to be frank with you. Like, there have been other holes, don't get me wrong, but, like, if Drew Locke plays from week 11 to week 17, if he plays like that from, you know, week 7 through 10, you probably end up somewhere closer to 8-8. Eight and eight. You probably still miss out because he's a young quarterback, still figuring things out, and you had so many injuries across the roster. But, yeah, dude, if Drew Locke – all they need, they don't need week 14 on the road in Carolina version of Drew to win 9-10 games next year with this roster. They need, you know, uh, week 11 against Miami. That's the Drew lock they need to go 9-10 wins in 2021, which is, you know, 250 yards, something like that, uh, 62 63% completion, maybe a touchdown or two, no picks. That's what you need to, to really – maximize what this roster has. And I do think that Drew Locke's got that in him, especially coming into a season now where he'll have the same scheme for the first time in back-to-back years since his sophomore to junior year at Mizzou. But see, this is where I I kind of point out the, the issue with the criticism of Locke last year 
the implication is that he was the sole problem on the Broncos 2020 outfit. Yeah. And he was not the sole problem on the Broncos 2020 outfit. And I will say the Broncos are, yes, a legitimate quarterback play away, not necessarily a quarterback away, but quarterback play. And also they're legitimate coaching away from making noise and going back to the playoffs. Vic Fangio has a lot of faults, Chad. Pat Shermer has a lot of faults. Tom McMahon has a lot of faults. This coaching staff is flawed. They're blinkered. If they can rise up and coach their ability, just like if Drew Locke can rise up and play to his ability, then yes, but it's not just Locke. There's not solely one issue. There's a lot of moving parts the Broncos have to correct, and if they do that, they will be in the postseason. Excellent, excellent points about the coaching because, I mean, dude, Shelby Harris, for example, anytime a player says this, I cringe. Vic Fangio grew a lot as a head coach last year. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear about my 62-year-old head coach having some kind of a developmental growth spurt in the freaking heat of the moment. Like this needs to be, it needs to be figured out. And this is the year where everyone's going to know, you know, is Vic Fangio meant to continue carrying the torch for this team and leading the team or not? But you made a great point there about the coaching, Zach. We can point to two different games last year, minimum, where Vic Fangio alone, not counting Tom McMahon, not counting Shermer, Vic Fangio's in-game situational decision-making cost the Broncos a dub, two of them. So let's say instead of making the wrong decisions in those two games, he makes the right ones. Broncos still miss the playoffs all the, if everything else stayed the same, but at least they're 7-9 and nine, they're not 5-11. and 11. Right, and you know what they went? They went seven to nine in, in Vic Fangio's first year, Chad, and, and they were a couple games away. They blew. Look at the Minnesota game, for example. There were also coaching snafus that year, and you could argue there were two games the Broncos blew because of coaching, and that's a nine-win team right there. So yes, Locke has to play better. Whoever the Broncos quarterback this season, they have to play up to par on that offense. But the coaching staff, Chad, has to coach up to their potential as well because they left a lot to be desired, especially the taste left in our mouth was the season finale. And that was a Fangio blooper highlight reel right there. He cannot allow that type of coaching to continue, Chad, or else this roster is going to waste. And just think how ironic it is. He opens the year with a snafu coaching snafu, (laughs) costs him a dub, and then he closes it. So you're like, you want to be able to say, you know, there's a palpable, measurable, quantifiable you know, empirical body of work that tells us he learned from that week one snafu, and then he does it again in in, uh, week 17. All right, Zach, uh, burn the guitarist. Let's grab him again. Thank you for your patience, my friend. Love you. He says, hey, guys, just sending some love. P.S. Philip Lindsay should probably fire his agent. I'm not sure what you mean exactly why you say that. I'd be curious for a little elaboration on your part there, Zachary. Uh, But, Zach, what's your reaction to burn the guitarist? Well, uh, his agent landed him more money in year one the Broncos were willing to pay. I, I think it was more of a Broncos problem than it was a Philip Lindsay problem, but it's hard to answer that question without knowing the other offers that he might have had on the table without taking the first offer that was uh, presented to him. I, I, he has a pretty good agent. Isn't his agent uh, Mike McCartney? I mean, mm-hmm. that's a pretty high-profile guy, so uh, I think he has good representation. I just think he was kind of led astray by Denver that kind of strung him along for a couple years and wouldn't pay him. He got nearly put a put – a, in perspective this way too, Zach, he got nearly in this one-year deal from the Texans, nearly double 
what he made in total career earnings from the Denver Broncos in three years. So keep that in perspective. Mike Boone got more guaranteed money than Philip Lindsay made in three years. I, I mean, that's that's the issue right there. It's not a, a Philip Lindsay problem or a Philip Lindsay agent problem. It was a Broncos problem. And, and people want to close their eyes to that, but it's the truth. Uh, Dave from Georgia, again, thanks, brother. He says, I totally agree with Zach on Alden Smith. Hashtag Broncos country. Hashtag let him hate. hate, baby. Love it, dude. Appreciate you, Dave. Thank you. Uh, a very apropos question from Savage Boy Kev. Why is Jeff Driscoll <laughs> still a Bronco? We don't know, but it, it's not going to last too much longer because they can move on from him and save 100% of that $2.5 bucks. So he's not long for the roster. I don't know why he's still a Bronco. I'm like, <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out. Like, why not just move on? Because, you know, you, you cut uh, Nick Vanette, who was also part of that free agent class last year. Why are you holding on to Jeff Driscoll? He offers you literally no utility. He's not, he's, he's not a backup you can count on uh, if he has to play. And what else can he offer? He hasn't played enough in the league to really be that example or mentor for Drew or Brett Rippon. I don't understand it either. I think Peyton, the only, the only logic that we can follow here is Peyton is waiting for the quarterback domino to fall, what he's going to do, whether it's Deshaun Watson, what I think is unlikely, whether it's Trey Lance, or whether they're rolling it back with Locke for one more year. When that domino falls, then I think Driscoll will get his walking papers. But, God, are they deserved. Most definitely. All right, Shadow Jack R., appreciate the Super Chat. And I know you've, uh, I want to say, two nights in a row now you've been on Super Chat with Building the Broncos and with us here on Huddle Up. So thank you. Connect on Twitter. If we're already, if you're already following just reach out and do one of these and let us know who you are. Connect the dots because so often, and I, this is a message to all of our listeners, especially our superstars, so often the YouTube handle is different than the Twitter handle. And we Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. 
Paid for by America First Legal. Can't. We don't know who's who, so make sure you do one of these. He says, super elated that Shelby Harris will remain a Bronco for a few more seasons. Hashtag best hands on the team. That's right. How high? Mile high. I like that. He'll tell you best hands in the league. You know, I loved Ed's answer, too, because I, of all the moves that Peyton's made, you could have mentioned Simmons, you could have mentioned Fuller, maybe even Darby, but I love the fact he mentions getting Shelby Harris paid because some of us, Chad, have been on that bandwagon for years now, and if there's one player on the Broncos roster that was worthy of that commitment, it was Shelby. So I'm very happy for him. Christian, good to see you, my friend. Really appreciate the super chat. And uh, you got to let us know when you get your T-shirt. All right, send us that profile pic or selfie, whatever. And uh, we'll put it on MHH Instagram, by the way. Hey, and also, for those of you do, that are following MHH on Instagram, we are trying to put more and more content on uh, on that account and on that channel, that page. Uh, but thanks to each and every one of you for getting us over 2,000 followers there on Instagram. And it's not easy, dude. In the sports media game, trust, it is not easy to get to 2,000 followers on Instagram. It is a grind, my dog. Uh, Christian, hey, boys, who is your guys' end-of-the-season prediction for our bona fide wide receiver one uh, and stat line prediction for Sutton and Judy. Hashtag state of being from Michigan. Zach, your answer. Sutton is going to have a monster year. As long as the quarterback play is average and injuries don't restrike uh, Cortland, he's going to have just a monster, you know, the Pro Bowl year we've all been waiting for. So he will be the bona fide guy, 11, 1200 yards, eight to 10 touchdowns. I think that's a prediction for Cortland Sutton. And, you know, Jerry Judy depends on how the offense goes. He's going to be the second option in the passing game, maybe the third option behind Noah Fant. I think he can get to a thousand yards, but that's going to require a lock or whatever quarterback it is kind of taking their game to to the next level. I think they have room for one off the bat. That's Sutton and Judy, possibly, if the quarterback kind of has a, a good year. All right, guys, we are approaching 55 minutes, so we got to start rapid firing through our, our remaining super questions here. Um, we got one from Christian. Thank you for that, my friend. Also great to connect with you on Twitter. It's very, very cool. Uh, he says, Mel Kuyper's newest mock has us trading back to pick 14 and taking Micah Parsons. Thoughts? State of being hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Uh, yeah, dude. I mean, if you could, Zach, if you could trade back, stockpile a two or a three and still land Micah Parsons, I know he comes with a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of risk. But to me, that would be another coup for, for George Payton. I think also for the fan base that's kind of apprehensive about Parsons as a top 10 pick, that'd be an easier pill to swallow, trading back to 14 and getting another pick on top of that while still getting the best linebacker in the draft class. So Peyton did that. It'd be more Peyton magic, and I'd be all for it. John, the, the stream right before I was about to grab her here after Rocco just jumped Christy. So if you can grab Christy, have her queued up next. Uh, Rocco, 420 in the house, another great superstar who's come on strong of late and uh, that we've been able to connect with on Twitter as well. So good to see you. Appreciate your generosity and support, my friend. He says, I missed a few live streams due to work, but I'm back. Is it too early to extend George Payton's contract? LOL. But seriously, dude, he's already he's got six years. I mean, how many do you want to give this guy? John Gruden, 10 years, $100 million? Uh, LOL. But, uh, but seriously, he says um, – oh, crap. Sorry. Seriously, he, he really is proving himself to everyone. Uh, how good he is. I have nothing but faith in him in the draft. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Yeah, man. Uh, so far, it's an incomplete picture. Got to be impressed with what he's done in free agency. That implies that he's probably going to know what he's doing in the draft and do well there too. But let's wait to see for sure once the, the draft hall is complete. Yeah, but for now, up until this point, anyone follows me on Twitter knows, you know, he's 
hitting homers out there every single week. So I love George Payton. I was ecstatic about the hire, Chad, and he's proving us right because we advocated for his hiring over someone like Champ Kelly, and he was the one to get the Broncos back on the right track. All right. We got the queen of MHH jumping in off the top rope with what is very often and commonly for for Christy a symbolic super chat. And – Maybe she's doing. Uh, maybe she's playing some double. You know, some what, what would I call it? Some forty chess, a double entendre. Fifty-eight. She's talking Vaughn. Maybe she's talking about Alden Smith because Alden Smith rocked fifty-eight in mm. Dallas, if I'm not mistaken. He did. But uh, but Christy, love you, appreciate you. You know how much you mean to us. She says, "Much love, guys. It feels like it's been a bit since I caught a live. Many thanks and much love. Right back at you." Christy, this is uh, among everyone that's in the chat, among our superstars, when you're not in the podcast, it's not the same. So seeing you around, just seeing your picture, seeing your generosity, your support, it means everything to us. And uh, thank you. And we love you so much. Thank you. Amen. Corey H., good to see you, my friend. Good to see you. Hey, Corey, if you ever want to come on the show, my friend, you reach out and let us know. We'd be happy to have you on. You've been a dedicated superstar for a long time. So you reach out, connect with us. We're connected on Twitter, you and I. So either shoot me a DM or send us an email, milehighhuddle at gmail.com, and let's set it up. He says, I hate to be the one saying I told you so, but I said after the Fuller signing, we needed Kareem Jackson back. This, to me, was a no-brainer. Now we just need an inside linebacker, and then the defense would be a finished product. I feel you on that. Now, Zach and I don't 100% share a brain on the K-Jack thing. We, we both agree that he took a step back last year uh, comparatively to his 2019 body of work with, with Fangio. But I was really stoked to see him re-sign for $5 million. And, you know, I, I think there was a question from also from Savage Boy Kev I saw earlier in the stream saying, why didn't he just accept a restructure if he was willing to come back and take $5 million? Zach, he thought he could get more. So right. he said, no, just cut me. Found out he couldn't. So he's like, I'm going to stay home. I'm going to stay with Fangio where it's comfy and, and where I know I can be used to the utmost. The Anthony Harris deal kind of did it for him. If, if Harris wasn't getting more money, Kareem Jackson wasn't getting more money. It's why they got the same contract. But you know what? There's a reason why it was a one-year deal. There's a reason why it was $5 bucks. There's no guarantee he's going to end the season nor start the season as the starter at safety. The Broncos could very well use a round one pick, a round two pick to address that position, and they should, Chad. I mean, I love what he does for the locker room. I love his energy. I love his run support, but he is a liability in coverage, and the Broncos have enough liabilities in coverage on defense. So at the very minimum, I like that he's coming back, but I want the torch to be passed to a younger guy for the long term. Yeah, and that's another option when we talk about first, second round, safety. And there are some bangers that are going to be worthy of a late first at safety. If you, if the Broncos do trade back, that's a low-key position to keep an eye on for, for the Broncos in round one. Mike Kane, good to see you, my friend. By the way, we I did get your email, all right? I haven't replied to you yet. I will reply. So I uh, appreciate you reaching out. I'll, I'll uh, get back to you here in the near future. But we appreciate your support. He says, hey, guys, great show. As always, keep it up. Thank you. What do you guys see as the biggest need in the draft? Corner, edge, running back, linebacker, or safety? For me right now, if we're just talking about need, Zach, like like dire need today, and if it's about more kind of a focus on, let's say, 80% maximizing 2021, 20% the future, to me it's off-ball linebacker. Then I got to put in probably toss-up between offensive tackle, safety, then corner, actually I might put corner for the long term, but either way, I'm, I'm going to say with a simple answer, linebacker. 
Yeah, and, and linebacker, inside linebacker more so than edge because, yeah. again, you still have Vaughn and Chubb. And you know what? If you're paying a guy like Melvin Gordon, if you're paying any player $8 bucks, or if he's among the top, you know, highest-paid guys on your team, that's not a need. So running back would be a luxury to add to that position, but they have Melvin Gordon. They just signed Mike Boone. They have Royce Freeman. They have players there. They don't have necessarily players for the long-term at inside linebacker. They don't necessarily have players for the long-term at safety or cornerback. So, again, those three defensive positions, cornerback, inside linebacker, and safety, those are the priorities. Great to see one of our long-standing superstars in the chat tonight, Aaron Lynch. Love you, bro. Good to see you. He says, in the middle of moving from Denver to Seattle, but wanted to show some love while I can. Love you all, uh, Broncos country. On paper, Peyton is hitting dingers. That's right, buddy. And uh, you'll have to look up Nick Kendall and go go grab a cup of Joe or something because he's uh, he's in Seattle as well. But always great to have you, my friend. Yeah, thank you, Aaron. You the man. Uh, we got Tony G in the house. Thank you, Tony. He says, "Sorry, I'm late, fellas. Excited for our defense." Me too. Amen. It's shaping up quite quite nicely. Uh, Jesse Edrick, good to see you, my friend. Appreciate you. <laughs> I always love how they when they spell it like this. You know, thoughts on Mac Jones Pro Day. Is 40 time Mahomes time? I think you guys know where I'm going with this, but on a scale, what's the chance realistically we get a quarterback? Um, I haven't read up on the Mac Jones Pro Day. I'll pull it up, Zach, while you get, offer up an answer. Well, apparently uh, George Payton wasn't there, correct? Uh, he wasn't right. at Mac Jones' Pro Day. So that's, you know, he was at Trey Lance's. He can't be at everyone's. I believe he was at the South Carolina Pro Day for J.C. Horn. I still think Mac Jones is like a Daniel Jones. I think he's like a Brad Johnson type. He's got a 22-touchdown-a-year type quarterback. He doesn't move the needle for me in the NFL. He's a safe kind of Andy Dalton type of quarterback. But if I'm going to take a guy in round one, I want the upside. I want the ceiling. So give me Trey Lance over Mac Jones any day. I can't think of anything more boring than watching Mac Jones in a Pat Shermer offense. Oil and water. According to Clint Lamb, Mac Jones ran somewhere between a 4.79 and a 4.85 on his first 40 attempt. Really solid number for him. Definitely a solid number because, you know, the, the the perception on Mac Jones is that he's not an athlete, right? He's a pocket statue. And so that does help him a little bit. But how much time will tell? I think he's a guy that uh, would be an option for Denver if you trade back and can get him in the second. But I still don't – I don't think you wanted to draft a quarterback round one or two. So to answer your question there on – on odds or whatever, I'm saying like 20, 80, 20% chance they draft a quarterback in round one, 80% chance they do something else. That's just my read on it. And I could be wrong, Zach. Yeah. I don't, I still, there's an option, you know, there's a, there's a chance obviously. And again, the longer the Broncos go without adding another quarterback, the chances of them taking a quarterback in round one skyrocket, but also conversely, the chances of Locke coming back unfettered with Brett Rippon behind him also skyrocket. So it's either going to be the Locke Rippon ticket, or it's going to be a splash at quarterback. I'm with Chad though. I think the overwhelming majority is the Broncos run it back with Drew for 2021. All right, we have got one here from Calvin Hamilton. Wow, thanks, my friend. Really appreciate you. Connect with us on Twitter. He says, I'm all for Parsons or the safety from TCU, Trevor Morig. Yes. Uh, Jackson is no spring chicken. Let him learn. I'd be all about it. If you could get uh, Morig from, you know, trade back in him late round one, or if luck would have it, you know, in the second round, man, that would be a, a coup. 
Yeah, Maury, you know, Richie Grant. There's some safety prospects in this draft class, Chad, and the Broncos would be wise to grab one before it's too late. Uh, we got Chris P saying, just say no to Mac, and um, we feel you on that. I think he's going to end up being uh, – put it this way. He's going to end up having a much more – thank you, Chris, by the way – a much more productive NFL career than, say, A.J. McCarron. I think he's going to end up being more of a baller <laughs> than A.J. And that might seem – you know, that's yeah, not much, but, like, <laughs> but they're compared a lot in terms of, yeah. you know, what they did for the Alabama offense. You know, neither one of them were the athlete of a Tua – or um, what's a kid? I just I just brain farted. The kid that's in Philly now. Hurts. Hurts. Thank you. Then neither one of them have that. They're more pocket guys. But Mac Jones, don't don't sleep too much on him. I'm not necessarily talking about the Broncos, but first round in general. I think the Patriots are a perfect landing spot. I just see the McDaniel's Belichick. They fall in love with a quarterback like Mac Jones, and I think he'll be a more productive or more successful Andy Dalton. But I'm not using a top ten pick on that quarterback. We've got Jeremy Hancock in the house. Thank you, Jeremy. You're a newer name that uh, we don't recognize on Super Chat. So welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, connect on Twitter. I have to give Peyton an A plus for free agency. Losing Phil sucks, but I don't. Uh, but don't think the Boone pickup changes the wins or losses over Phil. I hope for a draft as good as free agency. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. State of being from Virginia. Very cool, my friend. Well, thank you for reaching out and for the support, Jeremy. And a very fair comment, too. You know, you can't really hold. I mentioned this on KK last week, but you can't resent or hold the Philip Lindsay departure against Mike Boone. He's just coming in and signing a contract. He was recruited to the team. So let's root for him to do well, and let's wish uh, Philip Lindsay well in Houston. Both things can happen at the same time. Indeed. All right, we got one here from Josh, an absolute stud. Rogue Theory on YouTube is his handle, man. It's been great getting to know you a little bit, Josh, and, and having you in the community one of these days in the near future. Um, I'm sure we'll end up offering you an invite to come on the show, and I look forward to that and uh, swapping some old punk rock stories. It'll be fun. Just showing some love, gents. Hashtag huddle up squad. Love it, dude. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, sir. Uh, real quick, John, while you're pulling up the uh, – for what it's worth, we need uh, – uh, well, we got Jeremy – we got Josh. Stand by. Let me just tell you where we're at real quick because we're about out of time here. Uh, we need Scott Edwards, uh, Black Knight, Clark, Beowulf, and uh, we did get Chris and Simon. We need Simon. So FYI. Uh, here's the quote I think fans need to take into consideration when you're wondering how much do the Broncos love Drew Locke. George Payton, is he going to take a cue in round one? Now, this could all be smokescreen. Let's – Throw that out as a disclaimer, but he said, quote, this was last Thursday. We like Drew Locke. We have a plan in place, and there's free agency. There's the draft. There's trades. There's a lot of ways to acquire a quarterback. Fortunately, we have a quarterback here. So that's something he said that I did raise my eyebrows a little bit, Zach, when uh, when he said that. It, but it's literally true, though. There's already a starting quarterback. He is the incumbent. He is still young. He is still developing. He is still maturing. And I think Peyton wants to see, coming from his scouting background and knowing how patient he is evaluating prospects, he wants to see what Drew Locke can do unbothered in year three, a make-or-break season, with a full supporting cast, with continuity, and all of those factors working in his favor instead of against him. So I'm not surprised he made that comment. It's just what's the reality right now. But the reality and the truth is not what Broncos fans want to hear. Simon up there north of the 49th parallel 
in Canada proving that Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being. Appreciate you, Doc. Good to see you. And you're another guy. One of these days we'll have to get you on the show. He says, hello, gents. Starting lineup looking uh, unreal. Still some depth concerns in the secondary, but what about the defensive line? I feel like we're a bit light there after the starters. Excellent point. I mean, on paper, your, your, your starting three is formidable, but then really all you got to write home about, Zach, is McTelvin Ajim and Deshaun Williams because Demarcus Walker, he's in the wind. I don't think he's going to be a free agent too much longer. He'll get signed somewhere, even if it's with like Vance Joseph in Arizona. He'll get swooped up, but uh, what are your thoughts on the D-line? That would be a nice move for Vance. That would be a nice 4-D chess kind of – I would bring back Demarcus Walker. Though. I've been saying that for a while now. Like a two-year contract, low guarantees, put some incentives in, in there. But he was balling in a Vic Fangio defense. And one thing about uh, Demarcus Walker that we've all always said, me and you, Chad, he's always making plays. He's always around the football. And the, like the question states, they cut Jarrell Casey, and they don't have much depth behind the players that they have. So they have to get some backup guys because Shelby's going to have to take a breather. They're going to have to give Draymond a breather. Mike Purcell's a nose tackle. So this is a position as well the Broncos could address for the draft. But you have a homegrown guy. He was a second-round pick. He was starting to develop and mature. I'd bring back Demarcus Walker. To me, it's a no-brainer. I agree. I agree, and I think there's reason to believe that he started to develop under the withering coaching of Bill Collar. By the way, just quick human interesting, it was kind of cool to see Shelby Harris tear up a little bit when he started talking about, just a little bit, when he started talking about Bill Collar last week because those two, when they first got put together, were like this. They butted heads. They did not see eye to eye. But I think it's it pretty – I think Shelby would say this, and he did in so many words – if he doesn't arrive here on a team in Denver where the D-line coach is Bill Kalar, he doesn't end up finishing second on the team in sacks that year, only behind Vaughn, and then going on to you know, become a starter and then earn this big paycheck. So really cool to see. And, Zach, here's Scott Edwards. Thank you, Scott. Connect on Twitter if we're not already connected. And if we are connected, do one of these. Make sure we know uh, we, we got the right account. Appreciate you, dog. This isn't a big need, but do you guys think we need to draft a young interior defensive tackle to back up Mike Purcell? And if so, who? When Mike got injured, I felt like we didn't have that run stuffer in the middle anymore. Ajim, I think, is the future nose tackle. I mean, you can play him all over the line, but pure nose tackle, those were dime a dozen kind of guys. You can pick one up in the later rounds. You can sign a veteran. I believe, though, I mean, it's not a pressing need. It's They shouldn't take a defensive lineman over a corner, over a safety, but they have to look to that cupboard as well because, like we just mentioned, there's no one behind the starters. They have a great starting defensive line, but you have to have depth. You have to have insurance. So, yeah. Uh, Scott, I agree with you. They have to pick up someone because Mike Purcell, as great as he is, he's also coming off an injury. He's coming off a season-ending injury, so you have to hedge against a setback, a reoccurrence, a reaggravation. I'm right there with you. I would use a mid-round pick at least to address the defensive line. I would keep an eye on um, um, what's a kid from NC State, uh, Aleem, uh, Aleem McNeil. That's a guy to keep an eye on as a potential Denver Broncos fit. Uh, so anyway, Jeremy, good to see you, brother. Black Knight, 232 in the house. Thank Love you. you. Appreciate you. He says, I would draft a quarterback in the first round to hedge my bets as a fail safe. If the season goes south, our free agency was good. So judging from what we got, it looks like Peyton is going to go QB in the first. Yeah, I disagree with you on that, Jeremy, on both yeah. fronts. Like, I don't think a quarterback's going to – a rookie Q is if Drew tanks. He's not going to save your season. 
But right. the benefit would be at least you have a guy that you can, you know, build toward later because Drew proved he couldn't do it. And I really don't think Peyton's it, look, his free agency is freedom up to do whatever he wants. So in that sense, you're right. You know, that they, they can do whatever in, for, in the first round and it could end up being Q. But I don't think it dictates per se, Zach, that the Broncos are going Q round one. Exactly. I mean, this is, again, maybe some sort of uh, a Broncos country hope optimistic hope that the Broncos will go quarterback now because they've they freed themselves up to go BPA, but that's exactly what it is. They're going to take the best player available on their big board. We are not privy to their big board. It could be Caleb Farley, could be Micah Parsons, could be J.C. Horn, could be Trey Lance, could be Mac Jones, but George Payton will do what he thinks is in the best interest of the team. But I also disagree with the second part of that question. If Locke bombs, that means the offense is bombing, and that means Pat Shermer once again is bombing. All you would do is get him some experience, but it'd be a wasted year because if they bomb, bye-bye Pat Shermer, bye-bye Vic Fangio, in comes a new coordinator, in comes a new system, and in that case, the rookie this year is pretty much a rookie next year as well. We really do got a rapid fire. We're about out of time. Clark Life, a newer name on Super Chat. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Connect on Twitter. Really appreciate that Super Chat support, my friend. Really do. Uh, we also got one here from another new, a lot of newer names on Super Chat lately. We love seeing it, man. It tells us we're on the right track. Welcome to all of Beowulf. you. Beowulf. Including Beowulf. Remember reading Life. you in high school. <laughs> no doubt. By the way, here's a funny anecdote, um, depending on who you ask. When Beowulf, that that cartoon, not cartoon, animated movie came out, I don't know, 10, 10 years ago or so, maybe a little longer. Uh, I saw it as a, you know, hey, you know, Lord of the Rings had come out. I, everyone who, I mean, I've read Beowulf. I was made to read Beowulf in high school, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a legendary piece of literature. I saw it come out, and I thought, hey, that looks like, the, I saw the trailer. I'm like, I'm going to take my kids to see that. I take my three-year-old, my five-year-old boys to see this, okay? And we're sitting there in the in the theater. Everything's going fine. Uh, there's a, the, the king drops his robe, and you see a little bit of a butt crack. I'm like, mm, not good. Then that op- that scene, dude, where uh, what's his name, Grendel, 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 shows up. It's like the most scary, horrific scene. <laughs> Bad stuff happened. I don't even want to say it because I could it could hurt us on YouTube. But I'm like categorical mistake. I grab my kids. <laughs> we're out of here. Bad decision. I, I've never lived that down. But anyway, makes for I a funny see- story though. Yeah, you thanks for it. good podcast material. I, I guess I, I should have noticed PG-13, and I should have read why it was PG-13. But anyway. Uh, he says, uh, I see the Broncos sending more to the Pro Bowl than ever before, but I am a helpless optimist. Keep up the great work, Bronco dudes. Remember to like and share this video, folks. Amen. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate you. If you don't take it from us, take it from freaking Beowulf. Like, subscribe, share, <laughs> help us out, guys. It means That's a right, lot. dude. Beowulf, when he says it, you got to trust. This dude is a legendary, uh, fierce, fierce character. Uh, <laughs> Timmy Shields, one or two more, and we're out of here. Appreciate you. Connect on Twitter. Another newer name, Zach. Wow. It's blowing our minds. Yeah. Welcome. Just to jumping in to give support. I'm at work. I love the show. Want to give a shout out to my lo- uh, my long friend, Michaela Parker. Oh, that's cool. Michaela spreading the word of mouth organic style, telling her friends <laughs> at work. Love that. Michaela, shout out to you. Shout out to you, Timmy. Thanks, buddy. Chad, we Appreciate got the MHH podcast tree blooming right now. You know, the Vic Fangio coaching tree is getting going. We got the MHH podcast tree. It's great. Thank you. Indeed. We got a couple of bona fide MHH Mount Rushmore superstars here before we get out, including D Dub Dale out there in paradise. Wow. Thanks, brother. Every time you're just, you know, the epitome of, of generous and supportive man. And, uh, 
it was great getting to meet you. All that, dude. Love you, buddy. Appreciate you. Just giving some love, he says. Sorry when I get in late and give lame questions that have already been addressed earlier in the pod. Personally, I'm glad Kareem is back. He is the only defender that plays downhill. Although OJ Mudia, Michael OJ Mudia, is starting to show peace. No, dude, don't ever stress that. It's all good. We love hearing from you wherever you jump in. For real. I think AJ plays downhill, but I see the point with Kareem Jackson. I mean, he's a physical guy near the line of scrimmage, and he's great in run support, good for the defense, good for the the lifeblood of the team. Just don't get him in coverage, please. That's all I ask. What I love, too, about him, real quick, Dale, Kareem is a Fangio guy now, and he knows the scheme. And so you got to believe at a certain point when the other stars have aligned and you filled the quarterback needs and people are staying healthy and you got Vaughn on the field, like eventually this thing should come together in a big, bad way for Fangio, in the same way it did in San Fran almost a decade ago and the way it did in Chicago in 2018. So shout out, Dale. Love you, bro. Whoops, my bad. Throw him on. Go ahead. Let's grab Christian. That was my bad. Christian, been waiting patiently. Good to see you, my friend. Appreciate you. He says that. And by the way, Christian, you ever want to come on the show? Let's set it up. DM me on Twitter. We'll get that um, scheduled. Or have we already? Now I just confused myself. Anyway, we're out of time. Do you think it's looking likely the Broncos are going to trade up for Fields or Lance? No, I don't think it's looking likely, but it's still a possibility. And a, and the, a lot of draft Knicks and national media people are pointing that way uh, because of how Peyton has maneuvered in the in, in this free agent period. But again, I tell you, I got to go back to this, okay? And I know it could be it could be coach speak, all right? But I think they like Drew Locke a heck of a lot more than a lot of outside people do. Right there with you. You know, it's it's a possibility. The likelier outcome, it, the Broncos, if Lance or Mac Jones or if Fields in a crazy universe, if he fell to number nine, then they would possibly think about taking them. But trading up for a quarterback, I don't think that's likely at all. All right, last one. And how appropriate. Another one of our great superstars. And Tyler, we got to get you on the show too, man. Yep. Reach out if that's something you'd be interested in. And guys, if you're one of our superstars who we extend that invitation to you, don't feel obligated to do it because we understand not everyone wants to have the lights shined on them and not everyone wants to be, you know, kind of put on the spot in a way when you're doing a live broadcast in front of a lot of people. So we won't take it hard if you do say no, and this is to all of the superstars to whom we've, we've offered an invite, but Tyler, you're one of them. We wouldn't mind having you on, dude. We'd love it. So reach out. He says, I'm just stopping by to show some love. I'll catch the pod after work. MHH for life, Denver Broncos for life. Love that, Zach. Yes, thank you, Tyler. Before we get out of here, uh, we got to tip our cap. Um, we got to tip our cap to our great Facebook community. And, Zach, it's just been so cool. You know, we really made the Facebook supporter, you know, subscriber thing um, a focus in terms of not only talking about it on the shows, but dedicating our time and creative energies and focus to content to provide to them that is exclusive to those paying subscribers. And it has just been so cool to see everybody flock over there and uh, support the cause. And above and beyond that uh, is the people on Facebook are great supporters like Gary and Jonathan and Brett and so many more. Christian, thank you for that that, uh, super chat, buddy. Get those thumbs up, he says, Uh, who not only are supporters on Facebook, Zach, but they also give the Facebook version of a super chat when we're live, like Gary Leeds Palmer, Jonathan Terry, shout out, Brett Garner, shout out, Ben Barone, shout out, David Van, uh, Valenzuela, shout out, Brad Murdoch. Love each and every one of you. Appreciate you dudes. Thank you. 
salute to you guys. Thank you so much. Okay, guys, we got to go. We went way, way long. Great talking to Ed. Great talking to all of you. Thanks for spending some time with us here. Connect on Twitter at HuddleUpPod and also at Mile High Huddle. And we went so long, guys. I'm sorry to do this. We're going to have to announce the winner of the pod giveaway tomorrow night. But instead of making you wait, we'll do it at the top of the show tomorrow night. Trust on that, okay? We'll announce who the winner is. Um, but other than that, guys, we'll uh, we'll see you then for the Mile High Mailbag. Zach, sign us off, dog. Yes, sir. Uh, have a great night, Chad. Great night, John, down there. Have a great night, everyone in the chat. We will see you guys tomorrow for the Mile High Mailbag. Personally, Chad, our favorite pod of the week. So if you have any questions, guys, about the Broncos, George Payton, Fangio, Philip Lindsay, Locke, any questions at all, hit us up on Twitter. We will take it on the show tomorrow night. But until then, we will see you 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern, tomorrow night. Be there. Till then, and as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.